Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. I almost hate to use the word educational. Charles Staley. And uh, I failed phys ed and English all the way through high school. Phil Stevens. I guess I'm kind of the, uh, the dark horse here. And Rob Fortress Fortney. But there really is no secret. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is ironradio.org. I'm Robert Fortney, um, former competitive bodybuilder, um, former editor at Muscle Man International, and current powerlifting competitor. Again. That's, that's very uh, cool. Congratulations, Rob. Thanks. Rob, it's good to see you manning up over there and taking care of business. Yeah, well, I, I recognize the whole uh, fibromangina thing coming on. <laughs> hey, welcome aboard, everybody. I'm Charles Staley, author of Muscle Logic, uh, creator of Escalating Density Training, and I'm a master's level competitive weightlifter. And I, I've been meaning to say, and it just hit me again today, that our theme music is faintly reminiscent of the theme to European Vacation with Chevy Chase. I'm just going to say that. Right. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, this is Phil Stevens, uh, strength coach. Powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, um, founderlifterhealth.org, and uh, also the founder and, I guess, inventor of fibromangina. So, very important. <laughs> uh, with us today, what, what we got going on here is we're going to talk about um, kind of the upcoming seminar tour, Charles, that's going on, and then move to the topic of the day a little bit later. But joining us, we have like five or six different people from, from clubs that we're going to, and we're all gonna, just going to going to speak on the benefits of seminars and just what you got going on here, Charles. Yeah, yeah, and uh, God knows this is eating up a lot of my life over the next, I, I think over the next 18 months, I after yesterday, I think I have four free weekends in the next year and a half, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, so we're going to be busy. <sighs> yeah, we're going to be loaded, for sure. But, yeah. So, do, you have so, like a, uh, do you have like a tour bus, Charles? Uh. You know, we did a tour bus the last time when we did yeah. the Your Workout Suck Tour. And uh, it wasn't a bus. It was an RV, actually. And uh, that was when gas was $4 a gallon, uh, unbeknownst to us, when we first were planning this whole thing. And uh, I believe the RV, what did it get, Phil, about six miles per gallon? So uh, did we lose you, Phil? No, I'm here. Uh, he's, he's, I just thought that, that joke would have more effect than it did. But, uh, <laughs> but in any no, event, yeah. So no, we're just we're just doing the, the the more conventional route this time. But I'm I'm thrilled to have uh, our host who we have here today from uh, Rio Rio Rancho, uh, New Mexico, and Tucson, and uh, 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 Bozeman, Montana, and uh, was it Walnut Creek, California? Yeah. It's Pleasant Hills, so, the city the gym's in. Pleasant, yeah, close enough, close enough. It's amazing I remember that much. So if I get the specific dates or locales wrong, please forgive me. I'm going to be like in Italy and Australia and Argentina and all sorts of crazy places. So um, we, we, we've got a lot going on. But uh, just to give everybody listening a, a kind of a concept, if you go to stalytraining.com, over on the left nav bar, you'll see a seminar link. And if you click that, you'll, you'll see a complete list of all of our upcoming uh, uh, tour dates for this. And so if you are in, in, in the location of any of those uh, seminars, we'd love for you to call the, uh, the host there and, and get yourself set up. And some of these are one-day seminars and some are two-day seminars. But the gist is we're going to get everybody up, and up, up to speed and confident on uh, the Olympic lifts in a single day. And if we've got two days, then we're going to get even further along. 
But uh, the whole tour is based on the concept that most uh, Olympic lifting coaches, uh, unfortunately, uh, kind of bill uh, Olympic lifting as something that requires multiple lifetimes to, to become competent at, and I strongly disagree. And uh, uh, this is based on our experience teaching these lifts to people in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s routinely here at our facility in, uh, in Gilbert, Arizona, Bed and Barville. And so we're just kind of bringing our teaching method uh, on the road, and uh, we've got a lot of nice seminar hosts who are going to be having us, so maybe we can uh, chat with, with everybody we've got on the line here today just for a little bit. We can learn a little bit about your Just facility. speaking of which, we gained about two more people. We have another Montana one and a Rhinebeck, New York. Somebody the hell from where you're from, Charles. Rhinebeck, New York. Yeah, that's going to be so amazing. Uh, who do we have from Rhinebeck? Nick Lebotsky. Nick, how are you? Good. Nick, I, my 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 uh, my high school years were kind of a, a dark era for me, and so <laughs> I, I don't have a strong memory of, of you. But I don't know if you remember me. I, I know you know my sister real well, and probably my brother. But uh, but uh, nice to have you on. Yep. Thanks for having. Yeah, looking looking forward to coming out and. Uh, We'll be there during the Dutchess County Fair, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, close to it, at least. I can't remember the exact date this year. Yeah, that that is awesome. So, well, um, Nick, since we're chatting with you, um, tell us a little bit about your facility and uh, just give us a little history and what you guys do out there. We're just going to give everybody the floor for a couple of minutes here. All right. Well, uh, it's on the family farm that's been in the generation for three, four generations now. Um, we took one of the old wagon houses and renovated it and put a cement flat slab down and we have a, uh, wrestling mat on the other side and we do some CrossFit in there. Um. That's so cool. Yeah. I went, I've, I've gone to an Olympic lifting seminar myself with, uh, Coach Bergner's, yep. uh, people. My brother went, when we went to, uh, Greg Everett's. Um, so we've had a little bit of exposure, but fantastic! I know that there's always more to learn with the Olympic list, just little things here and there. And yep, and Greg and, and Coach Bergner are awesome, and uh, you know, just, just do such a great job. But yep. you're right; I think the the wider your perspective is, um, you know, the, the the closer you get to the truth, and you start seeing the parallels. And you know, uh, uh, it, it, it is possible to become confused by the differences in coaching uh, methodologies, but if you instead, I think, pay attention to the to the commonalities and the parallels, uh, I think that's when your, your your expertise really starts getting sharp, so, uh, so that's fantastic. Um, maybe we'll go to Chris and Bozeman. Yes. So, Chris, tell us about your facility. We heard the weather is bad, but uh, I'm sure it's not always bad, but, but tell me about your facility up there, because th that's our next stop. We're going to be up your way, what, in two weeks? Yes, yep, I think uh, yeah. not this weekend, but the next, I believe. Yeah, 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 so. Yeah, we're um, we're a CrossFit and uh, personal training facility. Um, we've been in business since August of uh, 09. So we're, uh, we do 18 CrossFit classes a week. And uh, right now it's just my wife and I running the business, and we're about to hire another CrossFit trainer, so we're ramping, ramping things up. Oh, cool, cool. Yep. And Chris, did I not see a photo of you on your website? And you're like jacked and stacked beyond belief. You're like I wouldn't say that. <laughs> no, no. If, if I'm, work, I'm working on it. Jeez, man. But uh, no, that that's uh, that's cool. Just really looking forward to getting up there and uh, 
Yeah, we can't wait to have you. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be a blast. Looking forward to some cooler weather, that's for sure. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so who else do we have? Somebody else want to jump in here? We'll just go in order here. Um, I can jump in. Yeah, yeah, please. This is Jennifer at CrossFit Works in Tucson, Arizona. Um, we have a 6,000-square-foot CrossFit gym. Um, we do mostly group classes, some personal training, and lots of Olympic lifting. <laughs> Fantastic. So we're Love looking it. forward to having you guys. Well, it's nice to have a, a, a tour stop that's a little closer to home. <laughs> yeah, no we airplanes. Were, <laughs> we, were just, we were just in Casa Grande uh, last weekend, and uh, it was nice to be able to come home uh, afterwards. We'll, we'll probably get a hotel down with you guys, but uh, yeah. that'll be fantastic. Love going down to Tucson. I was actually hanging out in Tucson last weekend after the uh, that's right after a seminar. You guys had the big track meet down there. It was it was pretty good. Yeah, it's Tucson. A good time of year for Tucson. Yeah, fantastic. Cool. And uh, let's hear from California here. Yeah, this is a uh, Jeremy with uh, Diablo CrossFit. We're we're east of uh, of San Francisco, about about a half hour outside San Francisco, but the town's called uh, Pleasant Hill. To clarify that, but yeah. but we started about uh, I guess we're coming on our fifth year, so we're one of the one of the originals oh, wow. when it comes to comes yeah. to CrossFit and and uh, you know whole garage to the park to about a 600 square foot metal box that was really really hot and really really cold <laughs> and um and and a good but a really good group of people and then we a couple years ago went to our 4,000 square foot location and we're looking to expand by the end of the year. Well, I just I just love hearing that, and um, I hear so many stories of CrossFit affiliate owners. By the way, just to make it clear, I, I have no particular relationship pro con or anything with CrossFit. It just happens we're doing a bunch of seminars, uh, and, but but I, I love hearing people, and I've heard so many times people that start out almost as like a hobby, and then it then it, they outgrow the facility and get a bigger one, and then they outgrow it again. I hear I hear that an awful lot, so that's really great to hear. Yeah, yeah, and, and uh, I, I really do think it's the natural tendency of, of people getting involved in CrossFit to be so frustrated by the Olympic list. So that's one of the first things they try to uh, try to improve upon, and and, uh, and, and one of the, the benefits of it is how it's it's really given the attention that that uh, Olympic lifting has been lacking in the last few decades in the U.S. Well, I've, I've you know there are there there are people who accuse me of being anti-CrossFit because I've I've made a couple of critical comments about specific things in the past. But, you know, truth be told, um, CrossFit has done more to advance Olympic weightlifting than United States weightlifting ever has. And, you know, I'm surprised that United States weightlifting is not paying more attention. And and maybe they are, and it's just going on behind the scenes, and I'm not aware of it. But CrossFit has done more for the sport that I love than than any other organization to date. So... uh, much respect, you know. It's just, it's just a great thing. So, no doubt. So, who, who have we not chatted with so far here? Um, this is Jason from uh, CrossFit Rio Rancho. Okay, and, uh, yeah, fantastic. We, uh, we started out about a little over a year ago. We had about three thousand square feet, and a couple months later, we had to knock down a wall and add a, add an additional two thousand. Uh, we run about seventy four classes a week, and uh, wow. The head- the head trainers are my wife and I, and uh, we're just worked to the bone. But uh, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun, and, uh, and we have a few trainers underneath us, but they're uh, they're you know very part time. Where um, it's yeah. usually uh, my wife and I are usually the faces our clients see. So that's been a lot wow. of fun so far. We can't wait to have you. Another story of a CrossFit that's like uh, had had to had to expand. I just love hearing that. 
and we're looking forward to coming out. And and that's you're essentially Las Cruces, so that people kind of know where that is. But um, uh, and, actually, we're right uh, just north of Albuquerque, so we we like. Uh, oh, do I have the wrong? I have the wrong thought, man. I'm, I'm, yeah, and and I warned everybody at the beginning I might be making these errors because I just had so many <laughs> seminars coming up. I don't I don't know where I am from one week to the next. So uh, okay, well it looks like we'll be up that way too. So that's cool. <laughs> Because so, we're doing Las, we're doing Las Cruces as well. So, hey Charles, are you going to be doing one of those one of spile tap things where you get up there and say hello Detroit, and you're actually in Philadelphia? No, that's, that's yeah, the rock and roll. Uh, I actually have in the past. I've had at least one instance where I woke up in the morning in a hotel room, and it took me about 20 seconds to remember what state I was in. That actually has happened to me. But uh, but looking forward to coming out there. That'll be uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So. Do we have everybody, or are we missing anybody here? I guess we caught everybody. I think that's, I think that's it. Every, everybody who's here, we'll do this again. But we wanted to get some of the some of the tour stops that are coming up, uh, uh, you know, in the, in the relatively near future. So, uh, good, good stuff. Um, when you so we, yeah, when go ahead. north of the border, there, Charles. Uh, do we have? We have. We are coming north of the border. Although I think we're going out to. Uh, um, no, we're going to be near him. I got we're it right out, Well, we're going to be out in BC. Mm-hmm. No, we're doing eastern and western Canada. Yeah, we're doing Vancouver and we're doing. Jeez, um, what's the other one? Hamilton, Ontario, not far from Europe. Well, on this tour. Yeah. Oh well, geez, I'll definitely come see you. That's only like. Well, uh, you have you have to come because with a seven hundred pound squat, I'm sure we could get a four fifty clean out of you. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I'm definitely coming out there then. I mean, Hamilton's only like 45 minutes, like, west of Toronto, so. Yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. Fortress, what is best in life? If you need a break from listening to these barbarians and you want to read something intellectual, check out the library at www.ironradio.org. The feature article this month is about a conference that took place in Canada, an exercise physiology conference, where the researchers were literally trying to answer questions like the optimal number of sets and intensity for maximal protein synthesis and muscle growth. There's other juicy material there, like the effects of cortisol and adding more fat cells to your physique over time, how women recover better than men, and tons more. So if you're interested in reading as well as listening, check out www. .ironradio.org and our article library. Thanks. Cool. Well, um, we're going to talk about uh, we've got a topic of the day here so I don't know, Phil, should we launch the music on that one? Yeah. We'll get right into that. Let's do it. I can launch it. Topic of the day, topic of the week is small group training. And uh, although I am not a CrossFit uh, uh, facility owner myself, we do small group training. And um, what I think um, the transition from personal training to small group training, I think, is one of the biggest phenomenons uh, in the fitness industry, to, to my mind, in the past 20 years, certainly. And, of course, CrossFit has epitomized 
this whole uh, concept, but a lot of other groups are taking advantage as well. But uh, I'll, I'll give my uh, I'll give my take on the whole group training thing, and then you guys can chime in as well. But um, there, there's two elements of this that I think are are useful. First of all, if you're a facility owner, of course, there's a lot of economic uh, logic to this because you, you're able to charge people a little bit less, but still make more per hour. So that's the obvious uh, financial benefit to small group training. But the other thing is too, and since we're kind of talking about Olympic weightlifting today. Um, it's one thing if I have an individual and I'm teaching them how to clean or snatch, um, and it's just the two of us, um, that's, a, that's a far cry from me having a small group where you can not only see me uh, explain and demonstrate the lifts, but then you can watch four other people do it at the same time, and you start developing, uh, you know, uh, you start seeing the parallels and, and you see the common uh, facets of what people are doing. So. Um, the analogy I always use is if, if anyone listening in has ever watched The Dog Whisperer, um, one of his little techniques is that if, if he has a problem dog, he'll introduce that dog to his pack of dogs that he has out on this lot somewhere in L.A., and then the dog learns kind of how to be a dog again, and uh, yeah, that's, that's the analogy I always, I always use. If you're in a group of people doing this, these lifts, I think you really do learn faster than if you're in a one-on-one a, in a -on -one, uh, kind of situation. And uh, needless to say, the, the energy and, uh, is, is dramatically better as well. And although your training partner may occasionally flake out on you, and uh, hopefully not, but it is also at least theoretically possible that your coach could flake out on you, but a group is, is unlikely to flake out on you. So um, if you know that the group is meeting at a certain time, uh, if, you, if you don't show up, your presence will be missed. So I think in terms of accountability and motivation and all that, I, I think it's just uh, a big thing. So it is honestly really interesting because the whole personal training industry is based on the concept that one-on-one -on -one is the ideal way to go. But, but I would argue that you really learn faster and do better in a small group environment. And I'm sure, I'm sure all my guests today feel the same way because that's how they're operating their facilities. So. Anyone want to jump into all that? Uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, Jeremy with Diablo. I, I actually yeah. have a martial arts background, and the whole concept was originally started oh, with, with, um, and which, which is really interesting. The um, Arthur Murray Dance Studios is now taking a resurgence with the, all the dance shows on TV. But that was kind of the business model about 50 years ago for this martial arts huh. school that I was brought up in, and, and it was personal training, so it was one on one. And I really feel like that in that environment, it really does work very well. And so I brought, I tried to bring that to to my, you know, my conditioning sort of a venture. And it, and it wasn't, it was hard to, it was hard to make it work. I mean, you do the math, and you've got, you know, if you do one you know, one hour classes, you you need, and you want to work forty hours a week, you're you're, you know, <laughs> with like twelve yeah. clients, you know, fifteen, yeah. on the, and then if if four of them quit one in one month, you're you're in yeah. trouble. And, and not to mention, I mean, just from an outreach standpoint, if you're if you're really passionate about making people fitter, healthier, you know, happier people, then you want to reach out and work with as many people as possible. So then the the group classes setting just sort of seemed to make sense. Wow, the the Arthur Murray thing uh, is a good little factoid that I would never have thought of. But uh, I have a martial arts background myself. I used to run a school, and I was a competitor and everything, and. Um, uh, for anyone who's been in martial arts classes, there's an interesting little dynamic where 
you're like the lowly white you're the lowly white belt in the back of the room and you see the black belts up in the front of the room and you're like damn I want to be like that someday and <laughs> and uh so there's an aspirational component to it too and I have no idea but does does it work that way in CrossFit I mean does each CrossFit facility kind of have a couple of star performers that everyone else wants to be like I mean does it encourage um uh you know competition that way sort of uh, yeah, in, in a lot of respects it does. I mean, it, it, that was one of the things that kind of attracted me to it was there was a progression. And, and one of the things that's great about CrossFit is, is um, since it has such a diverse sort of offering for its movements, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, nobody's great at everything, so everybody has something they suck at. And so even if somebody is a badass and they're, you know, they can, they can you know, they yeah. have good squat and deadlift numbers, they can't run. They're not the fastest runner. Right, they can't right, do the most pull-ups. Right. And so everybody kind of, their egos get hum, you know, get, get yeah. crushed pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Love it. You know, um, I think that for women coming into this sport, and usually I find that all the women who come into my CrossFit affiliate usually have never done Olympic lifting, um, sometimes never even done powerlifting. And one of the places that they can sometimes feel more accomplished than the guys is actually with uh, beginning to learn the Olympic lifts, yep. and so it's really nice to take these women who feel very intimidated by yep. squat racks and barbells and bumper plates and show them that, you know, their flexibility and their range of motion and their coachability sometimes exceeds a lot of the men who are in much better overall shape, and it's actually a very nice way to kind of build confidence for these women and show them that, you know, okay, maybe this guy can press 200 pounds, but his shoulder mobility sucks so badly that you'll be able to snatch better than he will, you know? So I find that for women, actually, um, the group dynamic and allowing them to see these men who intimidate them, but at the same time being able to see the flaws that can get in the way of of Olympic lifting is really helpful. That's such a great observation, and I've I've always told people that the the limiting factor for most people coming into Olympic weightlifting, although it's thought of as a strength sport, strength is not usually the problem. I mean, you know, the the problem is you will not have the mobility, you will not have the the coordination capacity, those sorts of things. So it really is not a pure sport like powerlifting is. It really requires a lot of different attributes. I think she's right, though. I mean, we've seen it over and over again. Sure, the women have... There's there's certain attributes that we find women have problems with, but overall, I think they catch on quicker on the Olympic list than than do most men. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, it, it's Jennifer, right? Yes. Yep. Jennifer, I'm so curious to see if you notice something that I noticed. When I go into these facilities teaching these seminars, women have a difficult time with the concept of shrugging. Do you notice that? Um, well, in other words, that the, now, now I don't, we don't teach it as a shrug per se, but the idea of getting those shoulders elevated at the top of the pole, we actually see that as kind of a common theme relative to men. That's something that women have a little difficulty with sometimes. Yeah, I think I do see that. I think that, um, you know, that's usually maybe what limits their improvement for a while. I hadn't thought about it really as a – I, I feel yeah. like I see that in a lot of people, but, you, yeah, you yeah. might be right that yeah. it's yeah. – we think we see that more. But generally speaking, I think the women in my classes tend to, to do better technically than the guys. So mm-hmm. I, do agree with, I do agree with that observation for sure. And I think it's partly because they can't rely, they can't really get anywhere usually based on just, you know, brute strength and, yeah, and muscling yeah. through things. So they have to really learn how to do it well. I think you're absolutely right. I've always thought that. 
And well, I've, heard, I've heard the same analogy made in um, actually in the military when they're teaching shooting. You know, every guy walks in thinking, oh, I know how to shoot a gun. I play video games or I shot a gun <laughs> once. I shot a gun once when I was 12. <laughs> and the women come in with no preconceived notions, and so they're willing to listen and, and do exactly as they're told, and they learn how to, they learn much faster. You know what? That's such a great, that's such a great observation. And I think we actually were talking about this one time on Iron Radio, I think recently, about how when you're a guy, you just think it's part of your DNA that you know how to lift, and that is not true at all. It just, just, just being a guy does not give you the prerequisite skills to know how to do this stuff by any means. It's part of your so, DNA to think you think you know. <laughs> yeah. Now there you go. There you go. It's, it's kind of like it's kind of like auto repair. Like I'm so like non-functional when it comes to like you know if if I need to change the oil in my car I like bring it somewhere you know. So, uh, but uh, it's a it's a similar kind of thing. So, yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with, uh, with with those thoughts. But any other thoughts on on group training? I wonder if we've missed any. One, let me throw something at you guys, and you can kind of. Uh, you can kind of sound off on this, but I've always noticed that um, the best strength athletes and also the best athletes in a number of sports come out of group situations, right? I mean, the best weightlifters train in groups. The best powerlifters train in groups. The best strongman competitors train in groups. The best Highland Games competitors train in groups. The best shot putters, hammer throwers, discus throwers train in groups. None of these people train individually. So the whole idea of personal training is kind of antithetical to the way that the best athletes train. Well, being an athlete, you want that competitive edge. Um, for a while, uh, I was having to train on my own, like just doing my own things because of my work schedule. And my other clients that my uh, dad and brother were taking care of would come in in the afternoon, and normally when I would beat them in any kind of workout, they would crush me by minutes in the CrossFit workouts. And yeah. without that group dynamic, you're not pushing yourself nearly as much as you possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. You don't have a frame of reference, do you? No. Yeah. 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 I think overall the group dynamic, I think that's a really useful phrase that you just used, a frame of reference, because it's a nice way to take, also to take new people and you can point it out, you know, hey, there's Sally when she started, she couldn't do anything, and hey, there's Jimmy when he started, he was your age and he couldn't squat below parallel, and you get to sort of give people a framework for envisioning themselves progressing. Yeah. Yeah. Every athlete in the group is a testimonial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 for sure. For Charles, sure. Our, uh, we have a 5.30 uh, CrossFit class in the morning every day of the week. Ouch. And every now and then, um, we unfortunately get one person to show up. And uh, <laughs> when that happens, they kind of look at you like, ah, oh, man. Because they know <laughs> the, the perceived exertion when you're on your own is that much higher. It's way so, worse. you know, in, in a group setting, you're, there's an intrinsic motivation because of the whole, everybody else is working. It's almost contagious. You're going to work harder, and you're going to, you're going to feel like you're working, but relative to working on your own, it doesn't feel as hard. Yeah, you know, yeah, more motivated. Yeah, yeah. There's, you know, I hate to say it. I mean, I went through a phase in my training where I'm like, ah, oh, for that, I train on my own in the garage. You know what? It's better with a group. Why not just give yourself the best chance of success? So, you know, that's and and you know, there there's so many elements to the dynamic, but. I know at Bed and Barbell, uh, we kind of sh- try to shame each other into <laughs> into doing things that they don't want to do. And 
So, uh, you know, it's just inevitable that you get a sense of competition going, and uh, it's just such a better, such a better scenario for sure. So. And one one of the main things about the group training that kind of, and one of the biggest things that I think CrossFit has capitalized on is this whole concept of community. I mean, when when people come to the same classes and it's the same eight people or roughly eight to ten people that they see all the time, they develop relationships and friendships that people outside of that environment just don't understand. You know, with CrossFit, they have their whole lingo. We have our own vocabulary and everything. And, you know, now, now with Facebook, it's like all their other friends just, Start blocking those because they don't even want to know what they can't even ask what those words and girls and heroes and all these words yeah. mean. Or, or but, they're tired. Of, they're tired of looking at the uh, the pictures of people's torn calluses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, all the all the gross stuff. But they're not tired of looking at everyone's six packs and and, and ample flesh. But, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it, it in in as a as a gym owner as a trainer, you know, like I can only follow up with so many people, and it's hard for me to kind of keep up with all the clients you know when you start getting over 200 members it's real hard to 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 keep track of everybody but when they start holding each other accountable because it's their friends and family and, and it's their gym friends and everything and if they don't see them then they're then my own members facebook each other hey where have you been are you coming to class yeah. tomorrow and, and that's it does it does whoever it was that brought up the martial arts analogy i just it does so remind me of that and uh, we kind of train that way as well, you know. And uh, uh, it, it's not a bad thing to have kind of a hierarchy, you know. And uh, so it's it's uh, it's good stuff. So. I think also the groups, like you guys were saying, it helps people bring their um, workout stuff into their the rest of their lives instead of keeping it separate. So that you know, when you're home on looking on Facebook, you're still thinking about your workouts and being fit instead of it just being for one hour a day that you never reconnect with. So I think it makes it a, a much bigger, more integrated part of people's lives to do it that way. And also the camaraderie too. Um, I come from a military background, and I, I noticed like uh, the, the harder times I spent with people are the people I'm closest to still, and. Uh, I notice like families work out in the gym and they suffer together and they're tighter for it. They're, they communicate better um, just outside of the gym. So um, it, it's not only just for physical fitness. It's it's just lending to an overall. Uh, um, that, it's been said before, community and just camaraderie in general. And and what better thing to have in family and in marriage and camaraderie? And you get that through pain. It's kind of weird. Yeah, we at our gym we we call it the survivor mentality. You know, like when you when you're uh, done with some of these crazy workouts that CrossFit puts us through, you know, it's like you feel like you survived some some sort of you know massive trial or tribulation, and then everybody kind of has yeah. this shared memory of oh that was a terrible workout or that was so hard. But the same thing goes for for victories too. You know, even if I haven't had a you know had a had a personal record in in you know a few weeks or whatever, and then. You know, I'm feeling kind of down, but I, you know, other people in the gym are are getting, you know, they're maxing out their deadlifts, they're they're getting PRs on their squats. You know, that everybody else in the class is happy when when one or two or a few people get a PR, even if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Sure, it's infectious. Yeah, it's an event. It's not a workout. It's an event. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, any other remaining thoughts while we have everybody on the line? Anything? Uh... Anything that we we didn't get expressed here, Phil? Any other thoughts, Phil? Yeah, you, know, you had mentioned earlier about like in a group setting, like looking up and seeing you know the stellar athletes perform. But uh, you know, uh, also uh, you know, conversely, like when some of my um, 
my older clients, you know, I have a, a client, she's 52, and when I don't want to do, you know, uh, any more burpees and I look over and she's still doing burpees, I'm like, I better get down there. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, now, she, and uh, it happens a lot in the gym. Jennifer, I'm looking on your website and I'm trying to figure out who is it with the, with the fro here? <laughs> that's, that's one of my, that's one of my coaches. We did, uh, okay. that's, last that's night we did. Al- that's an alarming look that he's got going there. Isn't that a good one? Last yeah. night we did, uh, this was definitely an expression of group training. We did Mark Ripito's 70s Big May Challenge. <laughs> oh, that's what you were doing. Yeah, we had about 42 people in um, lifting weights together. Right. and I got you now. It was really fun because, you know, a lot of these people, just they do not have a culture of weightlifting or being in a gym like that and spotting for each other and and to see these people that, you know, have never done this before just really get into it, it was pretty fun. <laughs> that is funny. That is too funny. That is good stuff. That's CrossFitWorks.com if anybody wants to take a look at that. That's pretty neat. <laughs> I've got a good question here. Yeah. Um, Tony and Pacifica, um, a couple questions, really. What limitations, if any, does group does training in a group or training with a group impose on movement choices? Is there an optimal group size limit given uh, the movement choices? And how do you remove farts from the group when they become difficult? I'll let everybody else chime in, but you can you can do subgroups too. I mean, you could you could have 16 people in a room in groups of four. So um, there's not a lot of limitations. But I don't know. Any of you guys want to chime in on that? Yeah, Chris and Bozeman. Basically, with that, um, the only limitations that we've seen potentially is that certain people are able to do certain movements better um, than others because of mobility issues, things like that, or coordination issues. Sometimes on the fly we have to kind of tailor or scale the workout to a greater extent. And that you know we we do a fundamentals class before everyone's able or allowed to go into the CrossFit workouts, but even then, you know, you can't make changes overnight with mobility. That's a process, so we have to impose corrective exercises or stretches for those people who lack the mobility to do certain movements. So that that's one limitation. But uh, other than that, it's not necessarily a number. It's very, yeah, no, it's, I think I think you you solve that the same way we do. We have we have what we call developmental classes, and which is devoted to practice, and then you graduate up to training. You know, so uh, we make that distinction. I think it's a great way to to kind of organize that. I think one issue that that brings up is um, it's very different to be a a coach or a trainer for a group than a one-on-one and I've had some I've brought people in to work for me who came from a one-on-one personal training background and they just melt down in front of a group with you know varied needs like somebody can squat somebody else needs a box somebody else needs this and that and it's not you know in terms of finding people who can do this really well I think it is an issue, and now when I interview prospective coaches, I put them through a long sort of apprenticeship where I watch them and their ability to kind of multitask and all that. So I think it does sort of separate um, some, you know, ability in coaching. Oh, I I've, actually, I've actually found it, it goes both ways, too. I've had trainers that were phenomenal in group settings, but when I had them work one-on-one, it was, it was uh, they basically were just, treating the the one person like they were a group, you know, and kind of not giving them the attention that that person was, you know, requiring. Yeah. Yeah. From a size standpoint, I think he, you know, asked about the size. And we found that, I mean, it depends on, of course, depends on the movements that are being taught and and, and what kind of class you're running. But, you know, we try to keep our classes 
you know, the average day-to-day classes, you know, 10 is a good number, but less is better. You know, 6 to 8 is okay. And then if it gets over 15, you know, to, you know, 14, 15, 16, we have two trainers. We actually will have multiple trainers in one class. Do you guys, um, as a rule, and, and I know one thing we do, and I don't know how this works in CrossFit, but uh, we try to encourage our more advanced uh, students to become assistant coaches, if oh, not definitely. in a formal way. But we try to encourage, and you'll see when I come to do the seminar, um, you know, even if we have brand-new beginners from day one, we'll say, okay, she's going to lift, you're going to coach. And they're like, what? I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, that's okay, coach anyway. What would you do? You know, And, and it just puts you into a more active, proactive uh, mindset, I think. So uh, that, that's something that I kind of borrowed from the martial arts world. Yeah, when when one <clears throat> when one person person teaches, two people learn. That's a Heinlein quote, right? I mean, yep, it, yep. It, and it's the same thing. In our, in, our, in our gym, it's kind of a you know we love we love slash hate burpees. And and uh, if I walk by a, someone's spotter part, you know someone's partner, and they're and they're doing the person's doing something clearly wrong, and I'll I'll make the uh, the spotter do burpees. If go. that person didn't tell their partner, hey, you're not you know you're you're doing this or you need to work on that, or and they know better, you know. Punishment reward system, gotta love it. <laughs> yeah, gotta love it. Well, listen, guys, I want to really thank you all for kind of joining us today and kind of telling us a little bit about your facility and your philosophy. I'm really looking forward to coming out. And uh, Bill, any any have, do we have any other questions or do we have anything else we should bring into this? Any do we need to make any announcements here be, before we finish up here today? No, I mean, if you want to, we can run down across, like, the next 10 dates coming up or something, if you want me to do that. Uh, I can do that if you wish. Yeah, go for it. I'll give everybody the quick, all right, I'll take a deep breath here, see how well I can do, all right? So we are, we will be uh, June 5th, we will be in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, We will be in Las Cruces, New Mexico, June 19th. Uh, Then we will be in Silverdale, Washington, uh, July 10th, Seattle, July 17th. Portland, Oregon, uh, July 24th. Uh, Pleasant Hill, California, did I catch that right? Yep. Uh, July 31st, good. Um, then we're in Denver, August 7th. Uh, Rhinebeck, New York, August 21st. Then we're in Windsor, South Windsor, Connecticut, uh, 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 August 28th, 29th. Then I'm in Australia for a week, which is from like September 2nd until uh, uh, the 7th or something like that. And then I'm in Vancouver, uh, September 18th and 19th. Then I'm uh, I'm in Italy the week after that. And then, let's see, October 9th and 10th, I'm in Des Moines, Iowa. Then on the 16th and 17th of October, I'm in Chicago. Then the 23rd and 24th of October, I'm in Ohio. Then the 30th of October, I am somewhere in Utah, although uh, the exact location eludes me momentarily. Forgive me. And then, uh, let's see, I'll be in Knoxville, Tennessee, no, uh, December 4th and 5th. Uh, I'll be in uh, Minnesota, I believe, uh, December 11th and 12th. And uh, then I got a bunch coming up in January, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, Tucson, Tucson will be uh, January 29th and 30th of 2011. Then I'm in Louisiana the week after that. And then uh, Boston, February 19th. Uh, Delaware, the 26th and 27th of next February. Uh, I'll stop there. It goes, it keeps, I got about 10 more, but uh, those are the more immediate ones coming up. So, God, I'm tired just like reading that list. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so 
busy. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I just want to thank everybody for coming as well. Um, get the word out there. If there's anything else we can do to help get the word out, um, yep. let us know. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having time. us. We'll catch you next time. Okay. Look forward to seeing you, Charles. All right, guys. Thank Bye. you. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.